So he gets 20 years and only serves five. But I'm surprised he even gets 20. Did you have a question? Could could you twist that into being like... No, he committed crimes. But how, but how severe? Hey, everyone. Welcome to another episode of I Finally Watched. I'm Alon. This is David. And today, I finally watched Dog Day Afternoon. I watched this movie. I think I watched this movie a couple times. And even watching it now... I thought the ending was going to turn out a lot different. I had this like weird, like vivid image in my head that there was like this scene where Sonny turns to Sal as they're being like arrested and being, he's going to be like, it's okay, Sonny. It's okay, Sal. It's okay, Sal. And I was like, yeah, but I'm pretty sure someone gets shot. And I was like, I don't know, whatever. So I'm watching it. And then the ending and I was like, oh, shit. So I did not remember this movie, at least the ending, at all is what I thought it would be. Um, and, and one of the other things that I didn't remember happening in this film is the heist being immediate at the beginning of this movie. It's the very beginning, and it is over the heist part of the heist very quickly, <laughs> like 10 minutes in. That's true. That's and true. then the leaving the bank thing uh, scene, like I think they get in the bus with like eleven minutes left, so they are in that fucking bank <laughs> for an hour and forty minutes. And in real life, they were in that bank for fourteen hours. Yeah, so yeah, it's like a it's a scale a, a ten minute to one hour scale <laughs> of the actual crisis. I um. Yeah, I'd always wanted to see this movie. Uh, it's obviously well-regarded, nominated for a bunch of Oscars, won one. I did not realize the, like, the gay aspect of the movie, the fact that um, Al Pacino is playing a gay man who was married to someone who um, today you would call transgender. Uh, the movie didn't handle it that way. But what I also thought was interesting about that, though, and I didn't know this is based on a true story, is the movie is amazing, but it also didn't seem to know what it wanted to do with, like, the gay aspects of the movie. It sort of just was like, this is the character, but, like, we're not really trying to say much about it. Like, maybe we're, like, they are showing that, like, the cops making fun of Leon when he shows up. Um but they're, they don't go into too much detail about how like rough uh, what's his name? Uh, Sonny's life is because of this. You know what I mean? Like they sort of just, his life sucks because it sucks. And in real life, his life sucks because he's a fucking horrible person from what I've read. <laughs> yeah. Um, but it's like that part of it was just like, they felt like they almost, they had to put it in, but they didn't like do anything extra with it. But besides that, it's obviously like an amazing movie. I told you when I was going to watch it for the second time, just to prepare, I was like, I don't really feel like watching this right away again. And then I put it on and I finished it very quickly. So I was like, it is, it, it does, it does hold up if, if anyone wants to know. Um, <laughs> the fact that it is a true story um, and the fact that there is like this, um, his character is gay and there's this transgender character that he is married to. Um being that being exactly what it is in, in real life, what this story is based on. Um, I agree with you because it's like this great heist movie fell into these producers and writers laps. And then they were like, Oh, cool. A heist movie. And they were like, Hey, what's this? You know? <laughs> um, I think it was handled pretty well because yeah, the cops were, you know, rude about the whole situation, but I guess, I mean, if you were to look at this movie as a protagonist antagonist sort of thing, Sonny is the protagonist and the cops were the antagonist. Well, you could a deeper look into this would, you would even say Sonny is his own antagonist, but um, you a know, bit of an anti-hero maybe. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, it's still his own antagonist, but the cops not being on board and kind of making fun of him for his sexual preference I, I rolled with it. I was like, okay, I guess that would be kind of true to setting up this uh, 
villain to our hero character, right? What I really liked about it was all the, um, like the GAA, the Gay Alliance, like coming out and like waving their flags in support of this bank robber. But even before that, he had such charisma about him. You know, people uh, were just flocking to the to the scene of the crime and like supporting him. Um, I guess it also helped that he just threw money at everyone too. Um, But uh, I think people really liked him um, because I don't think the police had a very good like a a good light uh, shown on them in when was this the 70s 1974 72 72 based on yeah 74 the movie came out but um, yeah so I think it was kind of a the way the climate was back then and he was kind of doing the wrong thing at the right time sort of thing um but according to the real guy the betrayal of him and his and his second wife um he says that that's that portrayal of both of them were very close to what they are in real life i was reading this document that was saying that there was a kind of a recent documentary made about him and it was called something like the dog yeah coma coma the dog comma a sexual pervert and i was like wow just because he's gay like what what a (laughs) closed-minded aspect of it and then i read and he's like a self-proclaimed sexual pervert and like the people in prison were even like yes stay the fuck away from that guy he'll he'll mess you up and so um like you said he's he is not a good guy at all in real life but Al Pacino's portrayal of him as the audience really made us root for for him. Yeah, one of the quotes I read where it was like, you know, I don't really blame the producers of the movie because how could they have known getting this movie out so quickly, like how much of an asshole this guy was and how crazy he was. I, I also think it's funny too that he wrote in either to the New York Times probably and was like, you know, the portrayal is only like 30% accurate and then just gave a bunch of details. And these details just like, from his own mouth make him seem so horrible basically like he coerced uh, stevie who was i guess straight into having sex with him the night before and then he's stevie laughing. from the stevie from the movie yeah yeah and then he uh he said that like after they finished he went and took a shower and then he comes out and sal's trying to sleep with him and they're getting into a physical fight and i was like all right well in the movie sal is makes it very clear that he's not gay so i'm very curious like what was that well, Sal's, Sal's dead he can't he can't speak up for himself at all at this point <laughs> yeah yeah John Cazell did a little bit but I am um, it's funny because like I'm somewhat interested in the in the documentary but I'm not interested in the story enough to actually care to go watch that <laughs> yeah I guess I'm I'm kind of in the same boat I was um also surprised to find out in real life it was a chase bank that he robbed yeah they, they kept that a little more under wraps they made it seem like this local bank that that manager ran himself it was like his own private bank that he started spread and joy um okay so in the beginning of the movie like we said the the heist happens right away and another thing i had is i thought there was more backstory in the beginning before we got into the heist it's um broken down in as the heist goes on we learn more about these characters so um i think it was cool how he had the gun in like a flower box coming into the bank um although the way he like took it out and like tried to like you know cock it and and threaten everyone with it was real messy um the movie kind of starts out like a comedy first of all like they're just yeah because i think there's a ton of comedic elements to this movie but as you're saying like the way he can't get the box off the gun somewhat feels either like it's a comedy or maybe they're just saving film and like yeah you eventually got it out like we'll keep going with it but then like stevie comes up to the door and he's like you know we're closed are you trying to get he's like yeah yes sir (laughs) like he comes off as kind of like a pretty funny especially like He's like, I, I got to get out of here. And, and uh, Sonny's like, well, what the fuck, Sal? He wants to leave. And he's like, well, just fucking let him go then. And then he's like, <laughs> he takes him to the door and he's like, hey, 
Stevie, you can't take the car. We need it. He's like, well, how am I supposed to get home? And he's like, Stevie, we need the car. And then he runs out and he's like, see someone under a desk and like runs back. And he's like, hey. he's like, what the fuck do you want? He's like, it's Sonny, there's, there's someone on the desk. Okay, bye. I got to go. <laughs> Uh, and that's where, uh, I mean, I guess there's other funny parts in this film, but I didn't, I didn't think of this movie as like a comedy all out. I didn't, yeah, I didn't, I don't think if you go on its IMDb, it's categorized <laughs> as a comedy. I'm just saying there's a lot of comedic elements to it. I also, in starting it, one, I like the opening credits, like in the song that's playing and just kind of like, they use like a lot of what you could describe as like B-roll of New York City. Yeah for that part and then throughout the movie a ton of like the cops getting set up just like for minutes on end it felt like a little bit but it almost felt like they were just waiting outside all day for this bank to get close to closing before going in like they're just sitting there this whole time like how long were they waiting what didn't make sense is you're right it it, it felt like they were waiting there a long time but they didn't see the guys go in the vault and like take the money yeah, no, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Um, so apparently, we don't learn this until later. But the whole reason they're robbing the bank is for Sonny's wife's sex change. Yeah, Leon. Leon. Um, and uh, they mentioned that it's around twenty five hundred dollars. Uh, for the operation which this was a little confusing and then you learn later well i learned later that this is actually what happened in like in real life is sunny didn't want uh him at the time to have the sex change and leon well eden in, in real life um and i guess the, the movie too uh try to commit suicide in 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 this like um being very depressed that they couldn't have the operation so in kind of a sweet way sunny uh loved her so much that he was like okay i'm gonna rob this bank afford your operation even though i didn't like it so you won't be depressed basically and try to kill yourself again uh and he f- thinks the best way to do that is robbing a bank although there's this weird mafia side story in real life but that's not mentioned in the film what i think is is also great like the there's a lot there's like one central question to me that was pretty unanswered in this the like as i said the heist lasts like very quickly like or not it goes very quickly um he finds that one girl under the desk he gets them all away from like the alarms Right. Goes into the vault, um, finds out there's like $1,100 in there. All the women are freaking out. And he's like, okay, let's start grabbing all this money. Grabs the traveler's checks. Um, and then starts burning, like, I guess this log that would match the traveler's checks, I guess. So burns that. So there's no evidence of which checks were taken, I, I believe. Okay. He even like make sure the bank manager doesn't use like the spot key. And I love too. He's like, are you going to use the fucking spot key? You think I'm a fucking idiot? And he's like, I must've been out of my mind. (laughs) He's like, (laughs) after all that. And then like, he lights that fire. The insurance guy comes over and notices it. And after all that, the cops are just all lined up outside. Like, how did they know? They already have their base established in the barber shop and the the, the detectives are. Yeah. I don't know. I, I took it as like maybe one of the receptionists. I don't, maybe it was vague in the, in real life. So they kept it vague in the movie. Maybe one of the receptionists actually tripped the alarm. Maybe the insurance guy called the cops because he didn't quite feel like something was right. Despite all that happening. Maybe they saw freaking uh, Stevie uh, running down the, <laughs> the sidewalk with a gun and that tipped everyone off i don't i don't know stevie gave up his gun um some people i I was trying to figure it out online some people said it was the the fire that even though the insurance guy came over that uh, someone else could have called the cops and like that's true which is like man sonny i don't know if this is real but you know 
in the movie universe, why didn't you just take the logs with you and just get the fuck out of there? Like you could have ran right then. And then when I love, I think my favorite of all the characters outside of uh, Pacino and, and John Cavell, is it Cavell? I always, Cazale. Yeah. John Cazale was in Godfather, right? Godfather, Godfather too. Yeah. I think my favorite character outside of Pacino and John Cazale was Sylvia the main teller who he called mouth yeah i loved her character in this the the smoking scene where she's like give me a cigarette and then they're like you don't smoke and then they had that whole conversation with sal yeah yeah like and then also the scene where they take her out she goes outside with him and then the uh the (laughs) she starts giving an interview and then Moretti's like, hey, she's already out here. Let her stay. And she's like, I'm not staying out here, like with leaving my girls in there. And she even like looks at him when he grabs her. She's like, well, what's with the hand? <laughs> Get the fuck off me. <laughs> yeah, she was she was awesome. Um, the I'm skipping around a bit, but I think that's OK to do that because this movie is very self-contained a majority of the time within the bank. So I feel like so much happens within the bank. But I really like how at towards the end, everyone within the bank is kind of on their own side. So like, um, and they all have their own like uh, motivation, right? The bank manager has diabetes and he probably should be released for medical attention. Um, and he gets medical attention. They bring a doctor in there and Sonny finally is like, okay, you can just go. And I love the bank manager being like, no, I'm staying because if it, if it looks like you're letting sick people go, it makes you look good. And I don't want you to look good. Is that what he says? Yeah. That was his motivation for staying. I thought that was so interesting that even though he was like to save face, but he wouldn't, I don't know. So I thought that was a cool. Well, it was funny too, is it seemed like all of the, the female tellers seemed to start out like kind of having a rapport with him. Uh huh. Like this was kind of fun, but I mean, the, uh, the guard in the beginning, he has asthma, so he didn't really get to develop a relationship with him. But then the, uh, the manager Mulvaney just, he goes back and forth. He seems kind of been like, all right, you, you know, whatever. You're robbing my bank. And, but then is like mad at him and then seems not be mad at him. And then like the diabetes comes on and afterward, he's like, you know, I just wish you weren't fucking here. And then he apologizes for cursing. And all the girls are like laughing about it. It's like, ooh, you said the F word. And one of the ladies is like, well, I'm a Christian. So my ears aren't garbage cans. And they all start laughing at her. She's like, oh my God, lady. But it's funny how like all the women seem to like, like I said, develop this relationship with him where they're like not even mad about this. If you notice too, once it comes out that he's gay, all the women very much so relax around specifically Sonny. Like, I don't think anyone likes Sal. I don't even think Sonny likes Sal, okay? Um, from, from a few dialogue scenes that they had between each other, you could tell that Sal is very, very low IQ very low intelligence, hasn't had that much life experience. And I think it's just kind of used in this situation as um, as insurance kind of for Sonny. Like Sonny can go out there and sweet talk everyone and be on the news and everything like that. But don't fuck with him because Sal's in there and he'll fucking shoot everyone in there, you know? And Sonny really built him up as like this maniac danger guy who will just off everyone if anything happens to him so you know what though i don't even think though that that's built up because there's the scene where he's like uh right when the cops start calling he's like hey if you if you guys call i'm gonna th- start throwing or if you guys come in here I'll, or don't give us what we want i'm gonna start throwing bodies out so stay away and then sal's like hey did you mean that because i mean that because i want to start killing people and you're like okay calm down sal let's see if there's some other options and then like afterwards he's like what are you fucking trying to do making a deal with them i'm not going back to jail you told me that either we'd get away scot-free or we'd die you you promised me like oh okay fucking crazy person right here i 
another and this had like that beginning part uh where he's like says i want to shoot people happens around the time when like there's a phone call and uh he answers it and he starts talking as if it's a cop and he's like oh who's uh who's jenny here i got your husband on the line and she's like oh that's me and he's like this is a fucking comedy he's like all right jenny go talk to your husband and then she's like excuse me um my husband wants to know what time we'll be through here and he's like what (laughs) i don't fucking know and then she's in the next like little bit she's like i don't know you'll just you'll just have to make your own dinner i i don't know i gotta go (laughs) (laughs) who what husband is the one that like side tackles sunny as he's outside (laughs) Maria, which is, I think, the woman who's in the bathroom in the beginning, and Sylvia's like, yeah, she just takes her break in there. She's, she's only supposed to be in there 10 minutes. She just stays in there an hour. We all know she does it. I'm sorry. He's like, that's it. No one gets to go to the bathroom. Maria just ruining it for everyone. Um, yeah. So, I mean, all these characters are so well established. Um, I mean, there's a few women bank tellers that we don't even know their names or probably hasn't said two words but most of them are pretty well established i i love it in the be- in the end um he promised to let two of them go right and so the the lady who who was let go in the beginning when they got the bus she was crying she's like send me a postcard from you know wherever they're like going and i also love the scene too where they're like huddled and like making plans on like where they request to go they're like well i i hear algeria is beautiful this time of year you know have you considered holland he's like oh we could do that i love to and it's it's not appropriate for now but uh leon's like algeria are you kidding me they're like fucking crazy people over there and he's like well we talked about holland and leon starts giggling he's like well holland (laughs) (laughs) he's like oh we could do Holland, I guess. Who who um, was he? Uh, who was he talking to on the phone? I, was it Leon? I thought it was either his mother. No, he doesn't talk to the phone. His wife, his his um, wife, mother of his children. I will say, um, and he's saying something about Algeria. She's like, "Why Algeria? That's stupid." Right? That that was her or was it Leon? I don't think anyone thought Algeria was a good idea. But Leon also, Leon said Algeria was a horrible idea. Um, I One thing too, you know, we talked about like the, the gay aspect of the movie and whether or not they really put any like, how, how they handled that, what, what kind of thought went into that. But I mean, a lot of this movie is very much centered around like the relationship with police at this time. And I mean, it specifically talks about Attica. um, And I was born well after like the Attica prison riot. And I'm not sure you know much about it, but I don't, I just watched the not the documentary Attica, which was nominated this year. Um, pretty fucking brutal documentary because it shows you exactly what happens in the end of that prison riot with the the police officers that took it back um right like they used real bullets instead of like rubber bullets right and nine prison guards that were being held hostage in attica died and they said oh the cops lied and said their throats were slit and then when they did the autopsies the coroner was like there's no fucking cuts. They died of bullet wounds because you guys fucking shot them. Um, they went and hunted specific people when they took the prison back and just fucking murdered them. Like crazy, crazy shit. And none of these cops were ever like punished in the slightest. And so like with that background, because when this movie came out, a lot of people knew about that. And so today, if you don't have that knowledge, which just so happens that, that documentary was nominated this year, I watched it and then we did dog the afternoon, but like the fact that he like starts screaming Attica and Attica was a, like an upstate New York prison, but starts screaming Attica in New York city. And all these people are cheering because they're like, yeah, fuck these cops. So like that whole aspect of the movie is like the major part of the movie to me, like the, the relationship with people and cops, how little he trusts them, how he's like, these motherfuckers aren't going to, take me in they're going to kill me and like that's what he thought the entire time is like 
I'm going to die. If we make a mistake, they're not going to arrest me. They're going to kill me. We were talking about this earlier and you said, you know, you don't understand why people just don't ask for a pardon in these sort of situations. I guess in a way of just letting the hostages go and the hostages being their main priority. But I think now maybe like now that would work. But I think like you said back then with Attica and the police riots and everything going on like that, I don't think that was really thought as an option. But you know, it kept entering my head every time they talked about the plane was inside man where Denzel and Willem Dafoe were just like, who the fuck asked for a plane? No one fucking gets a plane anymore. Like they know they're not getting a plane, right? Like we don't give planes to bank robbers. And I just kept thinking about that scene because I like how funny it was. And so as the movie's going on and me not knowing this is a real story, I was like, are they going to fucking get on this plane? (laughs) And then like when that compartment opens in the bus and we'll talk about it when we get there, but you're like, oh, okay. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, they're not getting on this. It felt too comfortable by the end of it, too. Like, he put down the window. He let the FBI guy get real close to the to the window. Yeah. What's funny, though, is he had... One of them should have had Stevie's gun, the small, like, the small-barreled gun, so he couldn't have had it held like that, right? So he should have had it on the driver, too. Oh, yeah, you're saying, like, the rifle in the one... The handgun. Uh, the rifle in one hand and then the handgun in the other? Yeah, like, where did that handgun go? Who had that? Yeah. Maybe they but, let Sylvia have it. She seemed <laughs> like she could handle herself. Uh, they let the the tellers hold the gun because he was showing, he used to be a, a Vietnam vet, and he was showing her how to do the whole, like, rifle soldier maneuver with it. Yeah, but I did notice there was a line where Sal was like, hey, where are your bullets? Because I think he took the bullets out when he gave her the gun. Mm. And the only person they really had to worry about, like maybe trying to overtake them was Mulvaney. And he was also really fat and had diabetes. So it's like, I don't think unless he thought he had a really good shot, he was going to try anything. And all the women, like I said, got really comfortable with them or were just kind of riding it out. Like well, that's what I was saying. That, stupid. that gun could have been loaded with bullets. And I think none of the tellers would have tried anything. Probably not. Definitely not the one who was holding it. She seemed down uh, towards the end. I also, so getting back she to She really wanted more, to go to Holland. Yeah. Um, Moretti, like they make first contact and Moretti's like, all right, how about you let the hostages go? And he's like, let the hostage go? What do you think? I'm a fucking idiot. Like, that's all I got. I'm not letting the hostages go. He's like, well, give me one. And so he gives him the guy who looks like he's about to die. I, I love too. He walks up and he's like, he wants the hostage. And he's like, him? We all agree him and Sylvie's like, yeah, yeah, let's get him out of here. He's like, he doesn't look good. And then awesome. they take him out there and immediately like the the cops swarm on him, guns drawn, and Moretti has to run over there and he's like, what the fuck are you guys doing? Like, get your guns off of him. And he's like, I don't give a shit. Pull your guns off of him. And then he starts to blame Sonny like, oh, you didn't tell, you said they're all women. This isn't a woman, obviously. <laughs> so... This I mean, that's fault? true. That's true, though, you know, but with the whole. But yeah, yeah, I, I see what you mean by like the whole social climate of how people look upon police like. I could have totally shot that security guard. He also wasn't wearing his like security guard jacket or anything like that. So, yeah. And um, I love too. so uh, one aspect of this, and I guess it's true to life is he just walks out there all the time because he has this card, this trump card of like i have there's a crazy person in there and it even comes to life one time when maria's boyfriend or husband tackles him he he gets tackled and immediately sal sends the manager out there he's like you have to get in here right now he's gonna shoot everyone if he doesn't see you and he has to run back in but this this like hey i can walk i could go get a stub and come back because if i don't come back sal's gonna fucking murder everyone i'm like I can do what I want right here. It's I would like love pretty... for him. I would love to have seen him go get a sub and come back. He's like, you know what? I need pizzas. I'll go get the pizzas. So it'll be fine. By the way, um, you know, we've seen a lot of bank robberies nowadays in uh, movies and TV shows, and they always ask for pizza. I think this is the movie that kind of established like, hey, I want a helicopter. I want a jet. To, I want the helicopter to take me to a jet. And I want five dozen pepperoni pizzas like i think those kind of tropes were established in this film 
you know, once we do enough episodes um, to where we feel comfortable to just do one we both seen, we're going to do Inside Man because I think that does like the bank robbery genre like the best for me. But they even point out like uh, when they're trying to, this is, you know, not the 1970s, they're trying to bug them so they can listen to them. And so mm -hmm. they're like, oh, we do pizzas because that way they'll all huddle, huddle around the pizzas. If we do sandwiches, they'll each go into their own corner or whatever. Right, right. Um, I also, in the same like conversation with Moretti, he's got Sylvia's out doing an interview and then he's talking to Moretti and Moretti's like, hey, listen, you know, who gives a shit? You know, no one's going to care about kidnapping. Like, well, you know, you'll get five years, you'll do one. And he's like, kiss me. I like to be kissed when I'm getting fucked. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, this is a federal crime. He's like, so you don't know what the fuck you're talking about. He's like, you're trying to, you're trying to bury me right now. And then just that's when he starts screaming Attica and all the people start cheering, which is funny because they all seem very pro him. And then when he's leaving, there's like all these people who are like, fuck you. <laughs> like when he's on the bus, like leaving for the airport, uh, they're all like, fuck you, you scumbag. Um, so, so it's like interesting. What I think is maybe not but i think he lost a lot of his supporters when it came out that he was gay yeah and that i think well because one of the one of the guys as he's driving away like yells at americon which i believe means gay in spanish but it's probably like in a more pejorative sense okay um so yeah no i think definitely he has the they do show at one point the the guys with the banner that I think is like the, what you're talking about, the gay Alliance that you're talking about that were all like cheering for him, like Sonny, Sonny. Mm -hmm. uh, so I think there's a small contingent of that, but then, yeah, there's a lot of people who didn't like him one cause you're robbing a bank. And then two, once they found out he was gay and that was like reported all over the news <laughs> after he goes back inside, he gets the call for the interview and they're like, why, why are you doing this? He's like, are you asking me why I'm robbing a bank? I'm down money. <laughs> I'm robbing a bank for money. And then eventually like it cuts out I love to be like, well, why can't you get a job? He's like, Oh, you gotta, you know, you gotta be in the union. They're like, well, why don't you get a non-union job? And he turns to the girls, he's like, Is this guy serious right now? Like, what do you mean? Like, how do you not understand this? I like how when he's like, Why don't you just get a non-union job? He's like, like what? A bank teller? They 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 get fucking nothing. And then all the bank tellers are like, Yeah, we get we get paid like shit. Yeah. And so then this is when Sal uh, does the whole thing about either we're going to die or we're going to get out of here. And then he goes to Sylvie's like, hey, Mouth, how about Algeria? She's like, yeah, I like that. And it's like, uh, maybe Sylvia might not be married. Maybe that's why she's so down. She's like, fuck it. <laughs> Let's get out of here. Um, the other thing, too, is at this point, well, we have the doctor coming in uh, to look after the bank manager because I, I believe they cut off the power. Or they cut off the AC. That's like an hour. That's like right before they leave. Well, I know that Sal has the conversation with Mouth about the cigarettes and his body is a temple. And I really like the part where she's like, so you're going to rob a bank, but your body is a temple. And he's like, yeah. I also really like that he asks Sal where Sal wants to go. And he says, Wyoming. Yeah. And he's like, well, that's... That's not a country. You know, we'll leave it up to me, though. I'll figure out where we're, where we're going to go. I wonder why Wyoming. Um, I don't know. I mean, Jackson Hole now is like the place to be. I. Uh, after this, he's decided that they want the jet, so he goes out and tells Moretti. This is when he gets jumped. And he's like, I want to talk to my wife. I want a, a jet and I want a plane. And at this point, you don't know that he is gay. And then they show you his wife. And I don't know any other way to say this, but she's the most annoying character in the history of movies. His uh, actual wife. We also see her with the kids in the very, very beginning of the movie before we even see him. No, it's at this scene. No, before we even meet them in the credits, we see her with the kids walking as the credits are rolling and you don't know it's her at all. Like, why would you? It's just a pedestrian. And then it's, it's revealed to be her in the, in the movie. You didn't notice that we saw her in the credits uh, opening. Credits? I didn't know. Why would I pay attention to the credits? But I still say she is super annoying. Yeah. Like 
and I, I will just go to the second scene when he talks to her on the phone. He asks for a phone line to talk to her. And I love when he's like, you know, I could just talk to the Pope right now if I wanted to. And he calls her and she immediately just keeps talking and talking. He's like, hey, I want to tell you something. Talking, talking. He's like, would you shut the fuck up? And she's like, this is what I'm saying. You're so mean. You've changed. She's like, oh, my God. And then eventually just hangs up on her. He's like, I can't do it. I can't do it anymore. He is not portrayed as bad as he is in real life, but the people in his life seem to hate him as much as if he was actually that bad. Um, it's interesting, too, because in real life, he divorced his wife a couple of years even before meeting his new wife. Um, but the thing is, is that Leon in the film seems like he didn't even want to talk to Sonny. Um, like, leave me alone. I've been trying to get away from you for six months. I'm sick of you, you know? Um, and it's kind of sad in that sense because Sonny's been doing all of this basically for just them. Yeah, but he wasn't asked to. No, he wasn't asked to, but then you learn how much Leon actually hates him. Yeah, well, because he's a bad person. I think the movie... We don't see him. Everything we see him do makes him out to be like an anti-hero, like a hero, but he's doing it in the wrong way. But everyone who describes him describes these horrible fucking things he does. Like he called his wife a fat pig and told her to get on this roller coaster. He pulled a gun on her. He put a gun to Leon's head. In real life, Leon wanted a sex change and he got really mad about it. So she tried to kill herself. And then that's why he robbed the bank. Cause he's like, okay, the only way I can save her is by allowing, allowing the sex change. So we get that he's a bad person. It's just, but what we're actually shown of him, which is the thing that sticks with you is like, he's this protagonist character that we're almost rooting for, I guess. Yeah, no, a hundred percent. But I will say like in my first watch, I was maybe rooting for him. And then I read about the real person and then I watched it again. I was like, nah, fuck this guy. <laughs> uh, yeah. It, this movie is based on you have to really like Pacino's character. And if you don't, then who gives a fuck? But I think Absolutely. It's, it's written that you do. Um, so now correct me if i'm wrong but after he speaks to his wife um and hangs up on her we get that there's a someone tries to come in from the back i guess yeah the, the well that's when he we, he hasn't talked to his wife yet when someone tries to come in the back but yeah the he hears a noise out there and you don't know if they're actually trying to come in, but there's a cop that's like hanging by a swing and he goes back there and he sees it. And then he just fires randomly out of it. And you're like, okay, that was not the smartest idea. Everyone uh, fucking one, jumped five feet in the air. Everyone. Yeah. No one knows what the fuck's going on. He like goes out to Moretti. <laughs> the scenes between Moretti and him are just so funny. Cause they're like yelling at each other half the time. He's like, what the fuck are you doing? What the fuck are you doing? I don't know. What are, what are you? There's people in the back. He's like, oh, fuck, I can't control them. He's like, oh, well, you can't control them? Then fuck you. I shouldn't be talking to you. And he's like, I got you the bus. Like, all of that is so, they're just yelling at each other for five straight minutes. One other really funny scene before this is there's this crazy guy that keeps calling the bank. Yeah. And he calls the second time and Pacino's like, oh, it's him again. And hands it to the one of the tellers and she's just like, <sighs> and you hear him, he's just like, wait, who's this? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's just tr trying to get, I guess, I don't know what he's trying to do. He's just a crazy guy who's trying to get Sonny to, you know, off everyone in the bank, I guess. Or he gets off on people offing people. So he has his own motivation. So, yeah, so there is no one trying to really get in from the back of the bank, I guess. Um, the best parts of this movie are between Sonny and Moretti. And it was really sad for me. And probably Sonny, too, and quite a shock at the point where he's just replaced by this FBI guy who yeah. absolutely has no rapport with Sonny and no charisma and no charm. No personality whatsoever. Exactly. Yeah, at least they at least they bring him in late. I. Um, well, one thing, too, about this movie uh, before we get to that is like 
the passage of time is really interesting. Like if you take it like on its face, it's like from the point of like when he starts the fire to when the cops are outside feels like there's no cuts, but it's like two minutes later. Yeah. So it doesn't really make sense. He asks for food, walks in and like the bank manager yells at him. He's like, that was stupid for you to shoot back there. And he's like, get off my case. Like I got to do everything. I got to have all the ideas. I got to go get you guys pizza. Like I got to do everything. Um, and, and then by the like, time he finishes the sentence, the pizza is there. Yeah. yeah. Right. So it's like, what's up with that? Um, and I love too when he goes out and he's like, they're like, the pizza's paid for, which obviously the pizza's paid for. <laughs> and he's like, no, no, I got it. I got it. And he gives like the marked bills to the guy and then he sees people likes it. So he starts throwing it everywhere and just playing up to the crowd more and more. Yeah. Um, and I love the pizza guy too. After he opens the door, he's like, I'm a fucking star. <laughs> like runs off. It's good. It's good. Uh, yeah. Uh, so all this after after this i think uh tensions are high moretti is replaced by the fbi guy but well, also not, not before leon gets brought in the first time and then he won't talk to him but we do get like what i think leon's two scenes are great like you said moretti's the greatest part i think the my favorite part is the phone call between pacino and leon but leon comes in first and does the whole explanation of like yeah, I tried to kill myself. I wanted a sex change. We got married. Um, I went to a psychiatrist and I'm, I'm actually a woman. Um, and then they try and tell him like, oh, well, you're probably going to be an accessory. And he's like, what the fuck? Like, uh, no, thank you. Um, and then <laughs> right after this, the news gets a hold of this and they're like, so the two homosexual robbers and Sal's like, well, what the fuck? Sonny, he said two. <laughs> he said there's two in here. Um, and this is when the FBI takes over because like the lights go out and he walks outside and he's like, Moretti, what the fuck? There's no AC. There's been no AC. Like you're going to kill us. And now you took off the lights and it's weird because the FBI agent walks up and he's like, no more favors. And I was like, okay. So it was like no plane. He's like, no more favors, but the planes come in and the buses come in and I got Leon to talk to you. Yeah. Oh, and his mother arrives yeah she arrives like right after the conversation with leon um and he's like i love to like leon answers and he's like you know uh or uh pacino's like i'm just dying here and leon's like dude you tell me every fucking day you're dying do you know how like stressful that is for me and then like you like i actually tried to kill myself like what are you talking about like leave <laughs> leave me alone and if like what you realize is the only reason Leon is on this call is to like, you know, make sure that they know he's not an accessory. That's the right. only reason he was willing to do this. Right. Um, which, I mean, it's kind of blackmail from the cops on, on, on setting that idea in Leon's head. But my favorite part of that whole phone call conversation is uh, when uh, Sonny's like, so is anyone listening? And Leon's like, yeah, they're listening. He goes, well, tell them to stop listening. And he's like, okay, they've stopped listening. He's like, really? And he cuts to them still listening. He's like, yeah, 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 they stopped listening. I love that he said he wants to go to Algeria because they have a Howard Johnson. Um, and before that too, though, and this is a really interesting scene you and I were talking before we started about how um, the real guy got jumped in prison after showing the movie uh, because people thought that he sold out Sal. And so talking about that and then watching it the second time, I was like, I can kind of see it. I, I did also read that he got jumped before that too. And like mm -hmm. he, he threatened to, he threatened the warden with a prison riot if they refused to show dog day afternoon. So eventually it got shown. Um, but the FBI agent comes in. He's like, I want to look at everybody. Uh, and I love his line of like, you know, what, you think we slit their throats? Because if we did, we're not going to let you out of here once you see it. It's like, why do you want to come in here? <laughs> um, and he walks all around. And Sal's like, hey, tell the news I'm not gay. And he's like, okay, Sal, I'm going to do that. 
And I think the FBI agent is putting on a very like calm demeanor, which is like important in these hostage negotiations. Yes. If I was going to grade his work. Okay. Um, and so then he's like, Hey, Sonny, let's go out to the door real quick. And he's like, I respect you, Sonny. So we'll handle Sal. And he's like, wait, what the, you think I'd sell him out? Which I don't understand how Sal didn't hear him scream. You think I'd fucking sell him out? <laughs> he walks then, back in. He, he walks, walks back, back in. in. <laughs> yeah, Sal's like, uh, so what'd you guys talk about? <laughs> Why'd you have to go outside? And he's like, and this is why maybe people would have thought he sold out Sal because instead of telling him like, hey, they're planning on killing you, he's like, I oh, don't worry about it. But I, I do think that's explainable in that Sonny is trying to make sure none of these tellers get shot. If he tells Sal like, oh, they're going to kill you, they'll just start shooting people, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. You have a whole different situation on your hands. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, so I, I didn't see it as him selling out, but whatever. Um, I also like when he, when he first gets the uh, FBI agent, he's like, no more favors. And he's like, you've been doing me favors. I didn't notice. The, the switch, like we said, the switch to the FBI agent kind of, I, for me, I feel like, drains this movie about um 50 of the personality that it had but I, I i feel like it brought most of it back in this in the one scene where his mom comes in and his mom is just kind of there and he walks out and he, he's like the fuck is she doing here and he gives her a hug kind of like eh, okay um there's this not not when i want to see you there's this scene towards the beginning of the movie when it gets revealed who's robbing the bank and the news catches hold of it. And I think this is the first time I'm not counting the barbershop because that's kind of like the police headquarters and it's near the vicinity of the bank. But I think this is the first time in the film, like I said, it was in the beginning where it cuts to a completely different location that has none of our main characters in it. And we are now inside Sonny's mom and dad's house. Yeah. You know, the movie purposefully is mainly told from Sonny's perspective. They show his mom and dad talking about him and they show his wife talking to some police officers. Oh, that's right. There is that scene. And they, every once in a while will show the inside of the barbershop for a couple seconds, but nothing of importance in those scenes, as far as like, the robbery right so they don't show any of the like police planning anything which is obviously so that the ending has more impact because if you show what the police are doing then you're just waiting for it to work or not whereas when you watch it this way you're like i don't know what's going to happen unless you read the story right Mm -hmm. um or i don't know how they're going to do it so i think that's like a really good way to like only have the one perspective in the movie to just makes it a much better movie no, I, I agree. And I think one of the most beneficial quote unquote surprises that we have is when he goes, I want to talk to my wife. And then we see the cops go and talk to his wife and she has the kids and everything like that. But then they say, Hey, your wife's outside. We brought your wife outside. And it's not the woman we just saw. And that was a very good way of introducing that whole facet of the film, you know, that whole side of it. Right. I also like the way he gets rid of his mom. Cause she's like, just, just come to, you know, th- th- I've worked everything out. The FBI said it's going to be okay. And it's like, Holy shit, really? <laughs> they said it's going to be okay. All right. Well, I'll just, I'll walk out now. But he's like, I can't because Sal is going to kill everyone if I do. And then she goes, well then just run. And I was like, what does that mean? <laughs> Worst mother ever. Just bad um, advice. I, I bad like advice. how there's just like literally 2000 cops in the front and back of this building. And she's like, yeah, just run. It's going to be okay. You're, you're fast. Um, so right after this, he does the, his, basically it's like a suicide note slash will slash goodbye letter, which is just the, a, a nice way to like have some exposition, give a little more character for this guy, which may or may not match the actual person from what I've read. Um, but then the bus shows up and this is an awesome scene. Yeah, this is, this scene is super cool. You have this like really 
kind of funky silly character to like introduce the as the bus driver um you know he's full of like gung-ho energy about this whole thing and just enough to have sal just like a little off about him but he's checking the bus he's checking the bus thorough not thoroughly enough um and then the fbi guy is like this guy's gonna take you and just a stiff right and uh sonny's like nah fuck that we're gonna have the original bus driver and he and he came up with a good story too right as he was searching the bus uh he was talking with him and he was like yeah man they just called me from the from the main bus headquarters and i i just drove down here i thought i was picking up a few you know tom dixon harry's from the whatever what right strip club or something and he's like i didn't know this was this whole thing uh so he sets this up with this great backstory that he's just this civilian right and then he's like no i want that guy to to ride the bus and they're like i don't know he's like no no no. i call the shots here and then they let him do it and then he finds suspicion in that he's like that's it take a walk (laughs) i love he's like you think you're dealing with a fucking idiot take a walk cop and what's funny too is like they never admit that the that the black guy who drove the bus was a cop, except a scene later you just see him standing behind the FBI agent. He's changed into like cop uniform, <laughs> and he looks more like a cop. Even before that, he was kind of this demeanor, silly demeanor. And then as soon as he goes, you know, take a fucking walk, cop, it just changes. He becomes super serious. He leaves the car and he just like kind of stands there with his hands in front of him just this stance and with this just like deadpan look on his face i thought i like that it wasn't spelled out super like that i like the nuance in that guy's acting that that you just got it you know um, and then his reason to pick the guy that they originally said to drive he's like well now i at least i know i got what i got you know right yeah yeah um so then he goes in he's like all right bus is here let's go one of the one of the ladies is like can i grab my sweater he's like yeah i mean yeah grab everything like we're going to algeria (laughs) grab everything you came in with um and the way that they set up getting out there and you're like why you know i don't think they're gonna take you right here but all the guns are trained on them so if they leave a gap like these cops will probably shoot and once again, that ties into this whole like the setup of this movie and like the the Attica connection and all that of like the distrust for police. So they're like, if they get a chance, they'll start shooting. And if one of them shoots, all of us are dead. They're just going to shoot. Um, so they get into the into the bus and Pacino's just like, oh, fuck, we did it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, and then they they leave the location with this whole caravan of like nine cop cars in front of them and nine cop cars behind them. Right. And the drivers keeps like telling Sal, like, hey, I don't want like a bump in the road and you kill me. So keep the gun pointed up, which is like really smart, you know, for the end of the movie. Um, And like we said, uh, like people get through the barricades and. I think the movie does a great job of like building the tension as they're like, they get to the airport. They're in this little spot. They're waiting for the plane. You're like, Oh shit. And then they see the plane and Pacino's like, Oh my God, we fucking did it. And then he like, he loses it for a second. Right. Cause he's like, Oh shit. I haven't eaten today. I'm hungry. And then the FBI guy comes up and he's like, Hey, I'm hungry. What's up? You know, what, what are we going to do about that? He's like, oh, there's burgers on the plane. I was like, no, nah, he answered that very quickly. I don't think there's burgers on that plane at all. <laughs> yeah. And then he's like, all right, are you ready? And he tells the, and the guy's like, yeah, I'm ready. And you've already seen him open the little compartment. He's like, hey, Sal, no need to make a mistake now. Point the gun up. And as soon as he points the gun up, he's like, I'm ready. And the way the main FBI agent grabs that gun, he's like, all right, now this can't go anywhere. Shoots him in the head shoots Sal in the head and then turns around and points the gun at Sonny and Sonny immediately is like, don't shoot me. And it's like, he's like, I'm not Sal. I want to live <laughs> basically. Yeah. That headshot for Sal 
was the part where I just did not remember that happening in the way it did. And um, it's just one of those films that I feel like, you know, it says that you, you said that it doesn't have that much rewatchability back to back. And I agree with you, but I think this movie holds a lot of rewatchability in the ending because the ending is not so cut and dry. It's kind of convoluted. Um, like who's, who, who's supposed to remember um, that they let one more hostage out before or on the tarmac before that whole stuff goes down or who, who's supposed to remember like all the cars jumping lanes and, and, and riding side by side the bus as they're going to the, you know, there's just so many tiny details in this ending. And so if you give this movie a long enough pause between, you know, watching it and rewatching it, there's nuanced things that are like, you know, clicks for you. And you're like, oh yeah, you know, this happens. For me, it was a huge non-nuanced thing where Sal gets fucking headshotted. Um, well, what I like too about that is um, you said like, oh, they let someone out on the tarmac. Um, I liked the way that that happened because he's like, all right, someone else has to go. And they're like, Mulvaney. And Mulvaney's like, Sylvia, basically like, Sylvia, you make the decision on who goes. When I first watched it, I was like, oh, he's saying, Sylvia, you go. And Sylvia's like, nah, Maria goes. But watching it the second time, Mulvaney's like, all right, Sylvia, decide who goes. And she's like, Maria. And Maria's like, oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> she starts crying. <laughs> and then yeah. she turns to Sal. And I like, this is such a cool moment to me of like, just showing like the, the relationship between these women and the bank robbers. Because even Sal, who has not been a good person to them, who has wanted to murder them, like she has this like, you know, relation, this almost the Stockholm syndrome with him where she's like, Hey, I know you're about to get on this plane. It's your first time and you're nervous. So take my rosaries, you know? And it's just like, it's kind of a sweet moment for a guy that doesn't deserve it. And I love after he gets shot, the ending, because he's sitting there and he's just kind of like accepted it. Right. He's just like, well, this has happened until he sees Sal and he kind of loses a little bit because Sal's dead. But one thing that really stood out to me is how the FBI agent, you know, before said, Sonny, I really respect you. You've been handling this very well because Sal wants to kill everyone. And in the end, like the one cop's like, fucking spread your legs. The other cops have guns drawn. And the FBI agent's like, dude, get away from him. Go write the report. And he goes to the other guys. He's like, put your guns away. We don't need that. There's like 500 of us here. He's like, Sonny, stand up. You're being put under arrest and like reads him his Miranda rights and kind of treats him with this like dignity because he's like he's he does actually respect him. Now, when the facade doesn't need to be there anymore, he's like, you handled this well enough to where people didn't die. I'm going to treat you more like a human being than like a piece of shit. So I, I thought that aspect was really cool. I'm surprised, actually, and maybe you can clarify the law for me a little bit here um if Sonny had a good lawyer i could see them twisting it on like yeah we were gonna go in there we're gonna rob a bank we were gonna leave but sal lost it and Sonny, me i was the only one who could keep it together long enough to make sure he didn't fucking kill everyone in that bank and you could almost pin it in the courtroom as like he was the hero of the story trying to you know, I don't know, not calm Sal down, but keep the the facade going long enough for Sal to be satisfied with like the whole situation and not just murder everyone in there. Um, so what you charge for for planning a bank robbery, but then so he gets 20 years and only serves five. But I'm surprised he even gets 20. Do you have a question? Could could you twist that into being like, no, he committed crimes, but how, but how severe? <laughs> well, apparently he entered a plea deal, and then the judge just said no, fuck your plea deal, and gave him twenty years. But then he appealed, and in the appeal, it was hard to find this information, which is maybe it's in the documentary. But once again, I'm not going to watch that. Um, <laughs> I think it got knocked down to 15 years, which then allowed him to only serve either five or six and a third years in prison um, based on like 
parole. And then I think he went back a couple times for some violations. But I, I think you could, if you had a good lawyer, you could, you know, get a story going. But the problem is like he had already before the cops showed up, he had committed robbery and kidnapping, you know, armed robbery and kidnapping. So it doesn't really matter what was going through his mind after that one, two, a jury's not really going to believe that. Um, if he had maybe gone to the cops and been like, Hey, I'm in over my head and this dude wants to fucking kill people. We need to, you know, he could have been like, Hey, I'm going to pretend you're coming in here and you don't have a gun shoot him. Or I could have just fucking shot Sal. Um, in some States, they could have actually charged him with Sal's murder, like under felony murder. Um, which is just fucking asinine. So, but yeah, I mean, 20 years didn't seem like crazy unreasonable to me for what he did. It's a little high considering that no one, no innocent person really got hurt. Right. Um, but yeah, I mean, you know, he, he only served five years and then also he was kind of a piece of shit. So what do you want to do? True. True. I guess now that we know the real guy, it's kind of hard for us to separate in our heads. The, real guy in Pacino's character but I don't think Pacino's character from the movie Dog Day Afternoon was that bad of a guy just a desperate guy well once again that's based on what we see in this little bit but what the people around him say he doesn't seem like the greatest guy either that's true too that's true too well I mean overall I I really like the movie I can see why it it has the accolades that it does I think it handles the social situations pretty well especially for 1974 but yeah and and i i knew you'd like this movie it's a it's a well-made movie overall well thanks for listening to another episode of i finally watched i'm alan and this is david and i finally watched dog day afternoon